So in Genesis chapter 1, I'll read verse 27 and 28, and then I'll go to Genesis chapter 8. I'm going to either move a little quicker or I may not cover everything because I want to get you out of here at an adequate time. Genesis 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Feel the earth. Say that with me. Feel the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let's go over to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 13 is where we'll start reading. Genesis chapter 8, verse 15. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound. Somebody say abound. Abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for these precious moments that you've given us. Let us maximize these moments until those moments has transformed our thinking, which is also going to transform our lives. I give you the glory, honor, and praise in advance for what you promised you would do. Everything you say is a promise. So we give you the glory, honor, and praise for the manifestation of every promise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and take your seats. Uh, my title is today is Feel the Earth. Feel the Earth. Feel the Earth. I have this unique responsibility as a senior pastor and leader of Refresh Family Church. I have this unique responsibility to make sure that our people are moving forward. So these campus pastors have that same responsibility towards their congregation, getting them into environments, do, uh, teaching and different things like that, that will enhance their well-being in life. We're not responsible for just keeping people in a certain place. The language you use, the presentation that we have, and the word that we preach is tailored for those people to move those people from where they are to where God wants them to be. We notice in scripture, God always had a place and God always had a plan. Whether men and women utilize it or not, that's totally up to them. Many people use their own plans, which many times wind up in failure, but then God's plan never fails. Somebody say that God's plan never fails. So we have a responsibility that we can't get out of. Even if the people make us mad, we still have a responsibility. If people cuss us out, we still have a responsibility. If people treat us like a dog, we got to remember that we're sons and we still have a responsibility. So I can't quit because you don't like me. I got to keep doing what God called me to do because I'm an extension of God. I'm an extension of God. Amen.
So my sons they and my daughters, they have to continue to do the work in spite of the surroundings or the environment that's been created that's not conducive to what really sons and daughters should be able to operate in. It should, after they've had a spiritual father that's gone through hell, they should experience a little bit of heaven while they're doing what they're doing. But that's not always the case. So if that's not the case, we have to continue to do proper teaching in order to enhance people's thinking, especially about the things of God. So I've started teaching on the kingdom. So I'm going to take you a little bit deeper. The reason I use Genesis chapter one, verse 27 through 28 is because it's a kingdom perspective. The reason I use Genesis eight and verse 15 through 17, it's a kingdom perspective. So what you're seeing is God asked them not just to have dominion, but to feel the earth, to feel the earth. Say that with me again, to feel the earth. So if you were to look up the definition of a bound, this is after God had destroyed everything except for Noah's wife and his children and then his daughter-in-laws and, and two animals of each kind. All of them was on the ark. Everything else was wiped out. God wiped the entire world out. So all that was left was that which was in the ark. And when God released them to come out of the ark, he said for them to abound in the earth. If you look up abound, abound means to feel. So he asked them, when you came out of the ark, since I wiped everything out, when you come out of the ark, I want you to feel the earth again. So God stuck on this thing about feeling the earth. But the only way you can properly feel the earth is you be an extension of heaven. You'd be an extension of heaven because when the earth was not uh, prop, uh, functioning properly because it failed to be an extension of heaven, God winded up having to destroy it. I said, God, I pray all the time, God, don't destroy it. the stuff I'm seeing. God, it's worse than it was back in Noah's days. Please don't destroy the earth. You need to start praying like that. God, please don't destroy it because people are going crazy right now. Please don't think that thought again. But God said he would never destroy the earth again with water, with a flood. That's in your Bible. So he, he said, I'll never come that way again. And that was a promise. So Every time you see a rainbow, it's a sign that God will not flood the earth again. Thank God for a rainbow. <laughs> but here in the scriptures, we have, we, we have to understand that, that God had intentions for men. So whenever anything is chaotic in the earth, it's under the stewardship of man. And it's man's problem, not God's problem. Because God's looking for some people that will be an extension of him. So God came up with this, this scenario of operating what I'll do when I want something done. I'll give it to a son or I'll give it to a daughter. I'll give it to somebody that really understands that they have some skin in the game. If you're not a son or a daughter, it's not much skin in the game. You understand what I'm saying? It's not like if something gets lost or something breaks that if it impacts you. But when you're a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God, the way God instructed it or constructed it, then you have skin in the game. I don't think Adam knew how much skin in the game he had. I don't believe he calculated right. That's why you got another Adam, the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, that understood his level of skin in the game. If you don't understand what I mean by skin in the game, it means you have something to lose. I don't think Adam realized how much he had to lose. But Jesus understood what was at hand. So Jesus was able to recover or redeem what was lost. But Jesus put it back into the hands of the church. 
And if the church doesn't understand the kingdom, the church will turn over all the authority and all the property and all the belongings to God. You think that mansion belongs to them. No, that mansion belongs to us. God just have to let them live in it till we come back to our kingdom senses. So let's talk for a little while because God wants to, he wants to feel the earth. The kingdom of God is the sovereign rule of God's government on earth. So here it is. I, I was on my way back from Atlanta. This is my third time preaching today. So on my way back from Atlanta this morning, I noticed that the cars slowed down. And when the cars slowed down, I'm wondering why are the cars going slow? I need to get to Birmingham. I need to get, I need to get on the platform before they start missing me. So when I, I'm, I'm slowed down and there's a big truck in the front of me, so I can't see what's ahead of him but he's in the fast lane driving slow so we're driving about 70 which is the speed limit when i'm coming from atlanta i do 80 if i let off off the off the gas it, uh, really quickly then i'll come back down to 70 before they pick me up on the radar for those who drive 90 and 100 you can't get down that quick So I'm normally driving right around 80 and then the cars slow down to 70 and I'm looking at and I'm checking the time. Not that I don't know my way to the church. I'm looking at my arrival time on my phone because I want to arrive at a certain time because I need to do a few things before I walk out here. But the traffic in both all three lanes are, are slow now and I can't figure out why they're going slow. After a while, I shift over in the right lane and when I get over in the right lane, I can see in front of the big truck that was in front of me and then I see the state trooper. I said, uh-huh. That's why everybody's driving 70. Well, I'm going to tell you, if, if that state trooper had not been there, then we would have been breaking the speed limit. I could have came down from 80. I could have came down from 80, but we would have been breaking the speed limit because the state trooper was there. Then we came down to being legal in our driving capacity. Well, the kingdom is like this. If the kingdom exists and it's an extension of the kingdom, it's like a state trooper on the highway. The reason we got so much chaos in the church because there's no extension of God in the church. And we criticize the church because most of the stuff going on is illegal in the church. It was illegal for that woman to be bowed over for 18 years. Infirmity was illegal. Jesus said when he walked in, man, look at the rules. Ought not this being a daughter of Abraham be loose from her infirmity? Even a daughter can be bound if there's no knowledge of what should be happening. So I want to walk you through this, this sonship and this daughter thing, because it's very important. If it wasn't important, you would have been born an adult. God said, that didn't work out the first time I done it. I'm pretty sure Adam, when God created him, he was about 30 years old when God created him. How do you know that? Because Jesus went into ministry at 30 years old. So God had to be thinking it was the same God. So he had to be thinking, I'm going to make a man about 30 years old. So if God makes a man about 30 years old, he doesn't know what it is to learn how to do things. He's just supposed to know how to do things. Well, we see it in the scripture. He didn't know how to handle the government of God and he gave it all away. That's why it's so important for you to grow into things because you don't know how to handle it just because you got the size doesn't mean you know how to handle the government. 
So Jesus comes and now he goes into ministry at, at 30 years old, but he goes in as a son. Adam is a son. Jesus is a son because the characteristics of God, I'm not going to put this kind of power and influence in the hands of somebody that's not my DNA. So let's talk more. God's plan was for man or his son to fill the earth with his influence. Not my influence, his influence. You can only have a name if you lift my name up high. If you represent me on the platform, I'll put you on the platform. If you represent me in the city, I'll give you influence in the city. If you represent me in the government, I'll give you a seat in the government. Whatever you do and you represent me, I'll give it to you. As long as you don't forget, I raise you up. So he wants to influence her. He wants to influence sports. He wants to influence entertainment. He wants to influence everything. But I think the failure is they couldn't even influence his own church because he didn't have enough of his DNA in the church. Isn't that something? The church belongs to God, but he can't even influence it because his DNA is not in the church anymore. Whenever God wants to get something back that belongs to him, he sends his own DNA. He doesn't send religion because religion had his church and they didn't know what to do with it. So you can park in religion and you still don't know what to do with God's church. And God's church don't look like what you made it out to be. It doesn't stop when the mic drops on the platform. That's when we're empowered to touch our community. It's about touching the community. Let's read on. Sons and daughters who are birthed into the kingdom establish God's government. So we're birthed, we're born again into the kingdom of God. So now what we do, we go and establish the government of God. When we establish the government of God, it means that God's power is now available on earth to meet a need that you couldn't meet without God. You know, healing doesn't have to be a special service. It should be normal in the church. I don't know why we're doing all these special services for stuff that should happen all the time. We got a special service for this and we got a special service for that and we got a special service for this. Well, it should be natural when that government shows up that every single need that you have should be met when that government that is an extension of that government. So you saying you got to put all all over me for me to get a breakthrough. I should get a breakthrough when the government shows up in the atmosphere. If it's an extension of God, we should not have to take you through an embarrassing moment just to get you made whole. But when there's a lack of sons and daughters, the DNA of heaven, then what we build is we build institutions that have no power to bring results in your life. Because every time you get into the environment where the kingdom government exists, it should transform something in your life. Or if there could be another problem, but you don't realize you're a son or a daughter because you've been spending most of your time with religious individuals. I am just sorry. I am not coming to church and spending my life in church and getting nothing out of it. I, I, I just can't, I can't do that. And I am not on staff just for a paycheck. I have an inheritance. 
that's cheap to give me a paycheck when I have an inheritance. If all I'm getting a paycheck, if, for, uh, if all I'm doing is getting a paycheck, I'm just hired help. But if I'm a son or daughter, I'm an heir. Meaning when I'm done working, I inherit it all. You understand what I'm saying? God had no intentions for you to be hired help. It's a mentality. If you get with the wrong brother or the wrong sister, you'll always stay outside of the royal family that you're a part of. When you got born again, you became a son or a daughter in the kingdom. God don't, listen here, God don't have orphans. Because he's got something in mind. If I am going to get what I have into the earth, I have to slide it down my DNA. See, you think because somebody says, oh, we're talking about sons and daughters. You mean I got to call Apostle Davis my daddy? No, you don't. Call him daddy. He'll, he'll tell you what to do after that. Let me tell you something. I, you know, I, I really, I don't want all that responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't handle all that responsibility. But I know a father that can handle all that responsibility. If you got enough son in you and you got enough daughter in you, there's enough father in him to meet every single need in your life. In fact, I designed this church in such a way when it started to grow because I couldn't call everybody. I couldn't visit everybody. I couldn't go to lunch with everybody everybody I couldn't go to everybody's house so I said I know how to fix this use your Bible create some sons and daughters and when they cry out loud enough the father just drops down right in their situation nobody's ever been trying to get control of you I've been trying to get you in the posture that when you need the father the father shows up on your behalf or when the father wants to get something in the earth he puts it in your hand because you become the delivery boy that that the father can always trust. Let me tell you why God gives you things. Because he can trust you. He can trust sons and daughters. And he'll give you things because you're the delivery boy. I'm just a delivery boy today. Ain't no need of me getting pumped up. I'm just a delivery boy. I'm a son that God can trust to get a message to his other sons and daughters. How many sons and daughters are in this place and streaming that know this message is for you? Straight from the Father. So in, in Galatians 4, go ahead and start turning there. God creates, he creates the DNA. The downfall of it is the devil thought since he didn't, he robbed you of a father in your house that you would never long for a connection with the father God. He was intentional because he, know, he knows God can only extend his lineage through sons and daughters. Wealth is lost. Power is lost. Authority is lost when there's a vacancy of sons and daughters. Do you know how much valuable, how valuable you are as a son and daughter? I'm 56 years old. I'm a father in my household, but I'm a son to God. I'm, con I'm continuously saying to God, I am not in comparison with you as a father. So I have to be a son. Whenever you walk into the room with God, you can't be father. 
that's what some of y'all's problem is. You want to be father in God's room. You want to be mama in God's room. There are only other positions are left is son and daughter. There are no other offices in God's room. I know that hurts your feeling because you wanted to be father everywhere. Go and try to be boss everywhere with your business. There's only these options. He's father in his room. You son, you daughter, are religious people. Those are people who are slaves that serve the ones who are sons and daughters. Let me tell you why they're so upset when you come in. Because they took on the mentality of a slave out of religion. So when you come in, you'll work instead of service that takes them to see the better they treat you, the higher they go. The worse they treat you, the more I leave them sitting where they're sitting. No promotions are happening in this church if good service doesn't go towards the sons and daughters of this church. Your, your gift doesn't impress the father. Your service impresses the father. When God finds some good sons that understand my future is in this thing. So I'm going to serve because I'm not losing anything by serving. Okay. Can I go on? Galatians 4 verse 4 and verse 5. But when the fullness of time had come, when the chaos moment had come. Much of what we've been experiencing is not, it's not regular church. I know you've been trying to, well, this, this is, I've never seen anything like this because the fullness of time came and the fullness of time always brings an undescribable moment that nobody can take credit, take credit for. So we don't know why 275 people have been baptized since June the 11th, except the father showed up because of a Kairos moment. So it's now setting things in motion where you can build. I don't know who I was talking about, but to, but whoever I was talking to, I said, too many people build a structure and try to put fire in it. Why don't we just build a fire around the structure that God is setting? So since the fire is burning, why don't we go in construction mode and build around what's burning? Some people don't want to build around what's burning because they don't like being around the heat. They'd rather put the fire out and build something that has whitewashed walls and it dead man's bones. That's the way Jesus describes it. I'd rather build something around something that doesn't respond because this, we have to respond to it. Well, that's what sons and daughters do. They respond to the father. Okay. Galatians 4 verse 4 and verse 5. So the fullness of time had gone. God sent forth his son. God didn't send forth an angel. God didn't send a chair. In the fullness of time, God didn't send a prophet. At the fullness of time, God didn't send some deliverer. When the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. They got to be like you to redeem you. I think you missed that. They got to be like you. Now you griping about God sending me, but I'm like you. You can tell when God cares about you, he'll raise somebody up that's just like you. How can I get arrogant about being sent to you? Because I'm from you. That's why I'm sent to you. And to be honest with you, whether you know it or not, I understand you. 
Well, I'm white. What that got to do with anything? That's your problem. You're so caught up in color, you can't even experience God. It ain't the devil buying you. It's your, your racial differentiation. That's okay. Listen, let me, let me, let me go on. Listen to this. To redeem those who were under the law. Those who were under the weight of religion. Can't redeem them unless I send a son. But I got to do one thing. I got to birth him through a woman this time. Can't just create him from the dust of the ground. I'm very crafty, but crafty is not going to get it this time. I have to have him. I have to put him in the in the uterus, and I got to allow him to come through the birth canal this time because the last time I, I I birthed one like creating him out of the ground, he was a little bit arrogant on me. He started listening to things he shouldn't listen to. He stopped reverencing me as father. He stopped saying what I do, I've seen and heard from the father. Whenever people stop referencing the father, you need to get as far away from them as you can. They're about to do something. So the end of this verse, that we might receive the adoption as sons, not the adoption as apostles, even though we carry that title, not the adoption as bishops, though we carry that title, not the adoption as pastors, though we carry that title, not the adoption as elders and deacons and, and ministers, but sons. You put too many titles on people who are not sons and daughters. And you wonder why your church is split. And you wonder why chaos is going on. You empowered something that didn't have your DNA. Look at what the empowerment of, of Adam done. Even though he had the DNA. But he didn't have the right ear. To keep listening to the right voice. He lost everything that God gave him. It's not that God don't want to give us a whole lot. Can God trust us to not listen to a snake when we get it? So he says this time when I send a son. I'm going to make sure this son is fine tuned to my, my voice because this son is not going to listen. So we take him through a test in Matthew chapter 4. We let him go on a journey by himself to see if he's going to listen to the tempter. Too many people don't know the person that you're texting and emailing is the tempter. Let me help some of y'all that don't realize who the tempter is. It's the one that's talking contrary to what's really going on right here. It's the one that's talking negative against what what's going on right here and it's the one that's trying to tell you you can do something without God to prove that you are with God you don't have anything to prove touch your neighbor tell him I don't have anything to prove notice notice how the temptation is notice if you be the son not if you be Jesus the Christ the anointed one the Messiah if you be the son of God command that these stones be turned to bread and every single time it challenges the identity of a son I used to think it was just about his identity it was to get him to be a man when he should have been a son he was said, go ahead, Jesus, work your stuff. You don't need God. You got power. 
So what I do now, I'll take you to the highest place. I'll take you to the pinnacle of the tension, temple. I'll take you to that promotion. I'll give you that raise. I'll put you in leadership in that executive position. And then I want you to throw yourself down because the angels have charge over you. He understood that Jesus had authority to speak to the angels and the angels would obey him. But not on the word of a foreign spirit. I don't have to do anything to prove that I'm a son. I am a son. The DNA is that of a son. When God corrects me, I say, yes, sir. So many of us, we're so into the proving thing because the tempter has been around you. Just show them your stuff. It'll be okay. They want you to operate out of the character of a son. No matter how much of a father I ever become, even when I have grandkids are running everywhere and great grandkids running everywhere, I'm going to be a grandfather, but I'm going to be a son still because I need God's influence to still be on me so that I can impact the earth. If I lose him, I lose my influence. That we may receive the adoption as sons as sons. I don't, don't we seem to receive the adoption as fathers, but we receive the adoption as sons. I have to, when I go into certain arenas, I go into a lot of arenas and, and I attract a lot of stuff. When I, people, I, hey, you're Bishop Davis. Hey, you know, you, I attract a lot of that, but I'm nothing in the presence of my father. I'm, I'm a son. I'm learning. I'm being instructed. I'm growing. I'm receiving direction. In the presence of my father. You don't have to use a title. Call me Stephen. That's my name. I'm getting instructions. I need my father to speak something into my life. That will transform my life. Because my wife listens to me. My daughters listen to me. My church listens to me. So I need the father to speak to me. So when I come back. I come back as a father. But without the father speaking to me. All I know is I've been a rebellious son. And resisted the father. So I bring that back over into my family. I bring that back over into my church. I bring that back over to into every relationship I have but if I'm coming over here and I'm Stephen over here I can be the apostle when I get back I can be the father when I get back but if I have not been a son right here how can I be what I need to be to my wife how can I be what I need to be to my daughters how can I be to what I be need to be to my church If we serve as sons and daughters, heaven's resources will be at our disposal. I want heaven's stuff attracted to me. I don't want to be chasing anything. I don't want to be begging you for an offering. I don't want to come to you and say the doors are going to close if you don't give an offering. I came to tell you when you give, God's going to open up heaven over your life like God opens up heaven over my life. Every single need that I have, I call on the name of the Father and he answers and he responds because his resources are tied to his command. Heaven's resources, heaven, heaven's resources. 
Stuff don't belong to them. That stuff belongs to God. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. But it's only subject to me when I'm subject to the Father. So whatever I need, I said, come on. Either I call for it, I start praising for it. I said, either I call for it or I start praising for it. Because in response, anyway, my praise opens up heaven. When I decree and I declare, just like everything that Adam, while he was a son, everything that he called those animals, he said monkey, it was a monkey. He said elephant, and it was an elephant. He said donkey, and it was a donkey. He said lion, and it was a lion. Heaven responds to the voice of sons and daughters. Let me prove it to you and I'll close. So you think these men and these women on this platform are puppets. No, they have a revelation. They're not puppets. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm at the halfway mark going to Atlanta yesterday evening. We stopped by the rest area. I called Apostle Smith and I told him, you do not have to come to the service. I know it will conflict with your service. You do not have to come. We're on the phone. I'm trying to talk him out of it. He said, when you mentioned it on Wednesday, I set arrangements for Sunday. He said, I will be there and my wife will be there. Cause a son understands when I get an opportunity, I am not going to miss that opportunity. There's a download. You may not be celebrating me, but I know how you feel about your sons and daughters. And I'm going to come and help you celebrate your sons and your daughters. See, when you're really sons and you're really daughters, you don't get jealous when the other one is being celebrated. Cause you know the clock is turning. It's going to be my time after a while. If you throw that kind of party for your son and daughter that's over an hour away, when my time comes around, what kind of party? <laughs> I want y'all to, to act like you would want people to act if they were attending your celebration. Somebody shout in the atmosphere, my time's coming real soon. Let me, let me give you some examples. 
When, when we were called back in the day, we were called to go to Knoxville to celebrate the launch in Knoxville. I was so excited and they put me on program. I was so excited about that launch. And then we, I was in, we were invited to go up to Charlotte. Uh, there was an affirmation or consecration and I was so excited. And then there was another affirmation consecration in California. I was so excited. But while I was celebrating, I knew somewhere in there, I was gonna be next. I was gonna be next. And people from all over the country came to celebrate me. You don't wanna know why? Cause I was in Knoxville. Because I was in Charlotte celebrating. Because I was in California celebrating. Whatsoever thou sowest as a son or a daughter, that shalt thou also reap and more. that you celebrated others, did you lose a reward? Not one time you knew things were just jacked up from the floor up, but you just kept on celebrating others because your time was coming. See, a father is like this. When you're celebrating that one, you're always looking over your shoulder to see what this one is doing. See, there was a father who had a son that left and took his livelihood and spent it on prostitutes. While he was out there, done all the wrong things. But when his father saw him coming from afar, he ran to meet him and started celebrating him and said, let's pull, off, let's pull out the fatted calf because he's a father. And he's excited, but his son that was lost is now found. Well, there was another brother that didn't understand the nature of the father. And he said, why didn't you give me the fatted calf? He said, you've been here all the time. You could have had the fatted calf the whole whole time let's shout for those who didn't know they could have had it all the time but now you understand wherever a father is there's always a roasting calf somewhere let me quit i want i want to seal to seal this thing and you, you, no one wants to get control of you. We want to get you access. These things that you see at Refresh is because of access. And when you have access, even if they wish you fail, you won't fail. In Matthew 26, verse 53, Jesus is having a conversation because Peter is attempting to protect him with a lesser weapon. Usually when people attempt to protect you, they're using something less than what God will use. So a lot of times real leaders will say, no, 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 no. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time. So this is what Jesus says concerning what Peter would do. And I'm just going to close with this. 
Or do you think that I cannot now pray to who? My Father. And he will provide me more than 12 legions of angels right now. I have to be careful how I pray. You know, and, and, and Sasha said, Daddy, get him. No, I said, I have to say, God, don't get him. Because when you pray from the perspective of a son, you can't pray, God, get him. Because if you pray, God, get him, the voice of a son, the activated voice of a son will activate 12 legion of angels that Jesus had and they'll break out. Now you got to go hold them back. Now you got to go say, think. That's why Moses, he prayed that God wouldn't send judgment on the people because he was praying as a son. He said, no, God, don't get them. Don't curse them. That's the way you have to pray as a son. Because if you start praying, God, get every one of them that talk negative about me. Get every one of them that talked about me at the barbershop. Get every one of them. No, you can't pray like that when you're a son. You said, God, send redemption. Don't kill them. I need them as my audience. If you, if you kill them, I'm going to be dancing by myself. If you kill them, I'm going to have a party by myself. I need them to attend my party. I don't care what your age is. From the perspective of a son or daughter, whatever happened to you, whatever happened to you, if you would have prayed a selfish prayer before nightfall that day, they wouldn't exist. But since you are a son or daughter, Wish them well because they're going to need it. Because when you start messing with God's children, how many of y'all are God's children? Go ahead go ahead and slap another, another child a high five. Tell them I belong to God. If they don't stop you, all they do is increase you. I said, if they can't stop you, all they can do is increase you. God's got increase on his mind concerning you. God didn't bring you to refresh to decrease you. God brought you to refresh to increase you. Somebody celebrate your increase. in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh.
Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.